Shalom. Welcome to your Three Cents Podcast. I am your host, Dion D, a.k.a. Dodi Bani Israel. My purpose for creating this podcast is to have an open roundtable discussion addressing certain topics dealing with myself and life situations that many may be able to relate to. We all heard the saying that nobody asks you for your two cents. Well, at your Three Cents Podcast, I value the thoughts and opinions of others, especially when it comes to personal situations in my life and other people's life. Many people don't have that outlet to vent to and they're carrying the burden every day. Here at Your Three Cents Podcast, we want to hear your three cents. Welcome to Your Three Cents Podcast. Once again, I am your host and sole proprietor, Dion D, a.k.a. Dodi by Israel. And welcome to the first episode of Your Three Cents. Um, I want to give you a little background on myself and set the mood for um, the podcast and the reasoning for creating this podcast. Uh, Creating dialogue in a a platform for people like myself that are black sheep, troubled, that carry a heavy burden, but fear talking to anybody about it. You know, always tough it out by yourself. I got this. I don't need to talk to nobody. But find yourself in a position where people reach out to you because of the strength that you display. And they confide in you with their personal things. And you're able to give them resourceful feedback and unbiased answers and suggestions that seem to help them but we don't focus on ourselves at all and I found myself doing that you know I am one that people know they can call and talk to at any time of the day and what we discuss stays between them and I they also know that I am unbiased in what we discuss And if you ask for my three cents, I'm going to give you my three cents. Honestly, whether you be right in the situation or you're wrong in the situation, I am that person. But I found that I couldn't be that person any longer because I never focused on myself fully. So it will be asinine to continue to be that person uh, that other people confide in and talk to, but it's a one-way street. It's not a mutual thing, and I'm dealing with stuff myself. So, I thought it would be beneficial, not only for myself, but for my audience who do lend an ear in their time to listen to your Three Cents podcast and being able to relate to personal situations in my life that I share and that I've dealt with and dealing with, overcame and still overcoming. Um, one thing I have learned and seen as a common theme while engaging in these multiple conversations over the years that it's a common theme amongst the black family. 
but it's very taboo to talk about amongst the black family. And I am a product of one of the taboo situations and things in a black family that goes undiscussed. And some people take it with it to their grave, you know what I mean? Without ever, you know, coming to the family and being transparent and open and honest, even though it might hurt. They don't do it. So with that being said, I want to give you a background. Uh, I was raised in a two-parent home uh, with the older sister and a younger brother. Um, later on in life, come to find out, in all, I have six sisters and one brother, but was only raised with my older sister and younger brother. Um, when my mother met the man who raised me, she had myself and my older sister already and they married which he adopted me and gave me my last name and they created my brother so you would call that consider that a blended family which is not uncommon in a black family um i was always different from my brother and sister growing up uh, they're cool mild-mannered uh, very chill me total opposite wild feisty energetic temperamentic problematic it seemed like trouble followed me from the womb <laughs> that's what it seemed like to me it seemed like i was always singled out uh spotlight on uh not in a good way in a negative way so that created uh rage and anger inside of me to where i had a disdain towards authority um, being outside my house or inside my house now keep in mind i had a good upbringing my parents worked very hard we didn't grow up with a lot of money but my parents spent a lot of time with us um, we were very active in the gym in the church skating rings swimming road trips uh, so my parents did invest their time with us with that being said i feel like time is a very 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 precious thing you know what I mean? You should take advantage of it because it's not promised. And a lot of time we spend with the people that we say we love, we don't take advantage of it. We do activities and things to, I think it's, it's like a block, you know, to avoid conversations, avoid distractions and just you and that person and y'all having dialogue that may be uncomfortable, but it's truthful. That is not done. And that's why I look back on, you know, my childhood and seeing, but I'm not complaining. I understand. <clears throat> but like I was saying, I, I felt like I was treated different. Um, growing up, being taught not to question your parents. Do what you're told, be thankful what you have, roof over here, food on your table and clothes on your back and keep it pushing and that's how I rock, I never question my parents but certain situations used to always and it, it, it would be concrete in my head like going to school with my brothers and sisters and people were like that's not your brother and sister because y'all don't look alike 
anybody grew up in a blended family probably experienced that before or you know my dad coming to school and they looking at me and looking at him it's like that's not your dad <clears throat> you know questions but I never looked at it any different you know because you're being shown love by these two people raising you so you know question it but you know kids is honest and blunt growing up they gonna say what they see with no filter um so that was always a question but like I said I was always treated different um being that I was hot tempered um because I had questions as a young man I didn't know where I come from you know I was never told the story if any of y'all was told the story by your parents of yeah me and your mother met on such such night and this happened and basically the storks story you know of how you came into this world I was never told the stork story so um <clears throat> I always had questions in my head growing up and when you don't know how to verbalize certain things as a young black man you tend to act out to get attention and I mean you tend to do things that's against the grain just for attention because you got some things going on within yourself that you do not understand and I did that a lot so uh, I was always seemed like in trouble you know uh, in the early childhood always fighting I used to fight kids teachers principals it didn't matter I'm still in off on you I just was angry and they didn't know why they thought I had ADHD um, extra hyper and that wasn't the case you know I later finding out um, as I got older that definitely was not the case so fast forward <clears throat> growing up with that in my head not knowing uh, who I am where I come from my parents were married 17 years um, before they got a divorce and I was I'm sorry yeah I think 16 17 years before I got before they got a divorce I was a junior in high school by the time the divorce was finalized but <clears throat> before they got the divorce I had got the story or the answer which I thought of a question that I had all my childhood. Where do you come from? Uh, my father and my brother and I had went to South Carolina for a weekend because he's from McCormick, South Carolina for a men's getaway. And we know the, you know, there was some turmoil in our house and my dad was going to let us know what's going on. So we spent the weekend down there. Beautiful weekend, we always have fun. We used to spend his, uh, summers down there with his mother um, as kids growing up in the country. So we had a beautiful weekend on our way back to Fayetteville. Um, it was late, I'd never forget. Uh, Dad began, he cut the music down. He was like, I, I want to talk to y'all boys about you know what's going on with the family. Your mother and I are getting a divorce. Um, and we want to let y'all know best way we know how and you know me and my brother hearing that you know we sad emotional 
because this is the only family structure we know. You know what I mean? It's being torn from us. Then my dad looked at me and was like, yeah, you know, I love you. But you know, you're not my biological son. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. But in my head, I'm thinking like, where are you going with this? So he was like, uh, when I met your mother, you know, she had you and your sister. Uh, but she told me that, you know, she was raped. That's how she got you. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, I've never heard where I've come from. I've never questioned it. And this is the first time me hearing it. And it's not coming from my mother, but it's coming from, quote unquote, my stepdad. On top of you telling me that the life I know is being torn apart because my mother and you are getting a divorce and you're telling me for the first time ever in life where I come from so I'm losing my family and I'm finding out I'm a mistake <laughs> this is my thoughts in my head I'm a, I'm a mistake you know anybody that's told that you are a product of a quote unquote rape I don't I don't know, you know, like I said, I, I haven't talked about it, so I don't know many people that were told that or come from them circumstances, uh, but it fucked you up mentally, you know what I mean? And it's like, damn, you fast, you rewind back to your childhood, it's like all the offset things you did and how wild you was, you know, like, it, it messed you up mentally, put it like that. So I'm finding out that, and Finding out that my parents are getting a divorce. All right. Fast forward, parents get a divorce. Now, keep in mind, I never asked my mother why, why I come from. Never. Now, I'm a mother's boy. I go to hell and jail behind my mama. And one thing I can't uh, handle is seeing my mother have tears on her face. That does something to me and put me in a space very few can get me out of, you know what I mean? So I, I never questioned my mom. I always was protective over my mother. I decided to stay with my mom. Uh, my brother stayed with the dad. And like I said, I was in 11th grade. This is a year later after the divorce finalized. And the girl I was dating was staying with my mother and I at the time. And I was a pretty good high school basketball player, being heavily recruited. And I told my mother that I only want to talk to Connecticut. So long story short, one evening, I'm in the room taking a nap and my mother and the female I was dating was in the living room. And phone ring and she, the girl I was dating, comes to the, the bedroom. I'm like, then I come get the phone. I'm like, who is it? She was like, your mama said, come get the phone. So I get up. And I go get the phone. And as I walk to the living room, I see my mom um, sitting at the little bar stool in the dining area. And she's holding out the phone so I can get on the phone, talk to whoever is on the other end. But she looks sad. So that right there put a mood inside me for whoever is on the other end of this phone. 
it ain't gonna be a good conversation. Cause my mama said. So I asked her, like, who was it? And she was like, you know, just you know, motioning me to get on the phone. So I put the phone to my ear. And all I hear was, hey son. My eyebrows touch, forehead wrinkle, because I'm confused as hell. And I'm looking at her, and she looking down. I was like, what? And he was like, hey, son, it's your dad. I'm confused. <clears throat> Keep in mind, like I said, I never asked my mother where I come from. My dad tells me that, you know, when I married your mama, you know, she was raped. That's why she had you. And I got a man on the other end of the phone saying, hey, son, it's your dad. So I move the phone and I look at my mom. And, you know, she crying, head down. I was like, who, who the fuck? And I'm, I don't curse in front of my parents growing up. No, but when I... That's how offset I was. When I get mad, it was no filter. You know what I mean? I'm going to express myself. I'm going to talk back. I'm going to be smart mouth. Period. So, I'm like, who the, who the fuck? And she didn't say anything. So, I put the phone back in my ear. I'm like, you ain't my fucking dad. Don't call my house no more. And I hung the phone up and I threw it. I went to my room and I was pissed off. I'm confused. I'm so confused. And at this time in my life, it was not. You're 16, your hormones is in a rage. You're developing crazily. Your world's been torn apart. You don't, you've been told you a mistake. Then you on the phone with a man that says he's your father. It was total confusion. But one thing I didn't like is a sour relationship between myself and my mother. I couldn't handle my mother being upset with me or being upset, period. So, you know, I uh, suppressed that real quick and And made sure that I didn't I didn't ask her again. You know what I mean? I didn't I didn't never get understanding or explanation of who that was. But I didn't care. You know, I had other things to focus on, which I really wasn't focused on because like I said, that just created more rage inside of me. Fast forward to my mid-20s. Um I met my four other sisters after I found out that I had four other sisters no explanation of who the man that I come from is but know that I have four other sisters um end up going to Oklahoma meeting them and it was strange um at first which I love them dearly to this day I love them all my sisters and, and my brother but at the time of me meeting them, it was strange because I have in my head that my whole life, I wanted to know who you, who my dad is. 
I found out how I got here. Don't know who he is, but I just know this man raped my mom and made me and you was not a part of my life. So I'm angry. And in my heart of hearts, when I see this man, I'm fucking you up, bro. Off top, you know what I mean? Because I'm always asking like, if I have a child, regardless of the situation, I'm gonna introduce myself to that child and that child gonna know I'm his father, period, point blank. I don't care where you go in the world, I'm gonna find you and my child gonna know who I am. So that was always my life. Why you didn't come look for me? Why you didn't come find me? So when I met them, <clears throat> they grew up around him. I didn't, you know what I mean? So it was kind of contentious because they're meeting their brother, their older brother, who, you know, they heard they had, but this is their first time meeting. He's basically a junior to the to our dad. And they're associating, you know, the things that our dad, how he is, and meeting me, and they see the similarities. And I didn't because of the thought I had in my head, and I don't know who he is. So our relationship didn't start off very well at all because they were like, you look like that, you sound like that, and like, I'm like, no, no, you know, I don't want to sound like a man that raped my mom. I don't want to look like a man that raped my mom. This is thought in my head. So I, after I met them, you know, um, I, I got the courage enough to ask my mom, like, you know, where I come from. Now, keep in mind, I've never seen this man, heard of him, don't know his first name. None of that, you know, until I met my sister. They tell me his name, last name, and all that. I asked my mom, no answers. We sat there for a while, no answer. Fast forward to me going back to college because I dropped out. Uh, high school was a, my graduation and going, because I signed with Clemson out of high school, missed my ACT by one point. Didn't want to take it. Was looking for the quickest way to get to the NBA. So I went to junior college. Went to junior college for a year and a half. We was ranked number one, number two in the nation. Uh, always ball. Second year, I dropped out. Moved to Maryland uh, for a little bit. Went to school in Alabama. Uh, after that, I went to a free agent camp. Got offered a contract to go play overseas denied it because I wanted to get my degree because I promised my mom. Uh, so I stayed out of school about three years. Um, ended up getting a scholarship to St. Augustine's College at the time, now university, where I finished and got my degree in broadcast communication. While I was in school, after all that, um, the girl I was dating, she was the one who showed me uh, my actual picture of my father for the first time because my mother showed her. And it it was a somber moment because, like I said, growing up with just your mom, 
I'm looking and everybody's like, you look just like your mom, you look just like your mom. Now I'm seeing this man. It's like, damn. I see what my sisters were saying when they say, when they look at me and they look at him, like, yeah, you know, even though he's a short man, he's six foot and I'm six nine. I take after my mom. Short. But I see the features. You know, I'm I'm looking at his mugshot, which is the first picture I seen was his mugshot. So I'm like, that's crazy, because <laughs> I'm all I've always been labeled as crazy. Now, in the first picture I see of my so-called <clears throat> father is a mugshot. What a coincidence! So I didn't say nothing because she promised me because my mama, she promised my mom she wouldn't, but she just felt the need because dating. Uh, certain females I would share bits and pieces of my life and the questions I had she was one of them so she definitely helped uh, me to get that question answered as far as what does my dad look like um, a few years after I graduated after that um, I just started looking at uh the many failed relationships that I had um, as far as dating um, really didn't attach to uh, friends really um, even though I, I, I've always been a people person uh, always been uh, a joy to be around so to say um, it's also two sides of the coin where I wasn't a joy to be around I could be contentious I could be negative I could exude nothing but negative energy and be feisty and be in the mood and that was often you know what I'm saying so my relationship consistency was fucked up as a boyfriend as a friend it was it was messed up and that's because I, I was broken you know I'm hurt but that I didn't understand anyway I asked my mother um she didn't tell me so I look back on my life and seen like things within myself that I did not like but I will always blame others in the situation instead of looking at the man in the mirror so I said in order for me to understand who the fuck I am I got to know where I come from and I only know one side of where I come from. And all this makes sense. And if you're listening to my story, hopefully you can relate something. Oh, not hopefully. You probably can relate something or not. Or know somebody that can or has a similar background. And that comes from a black family. That you know that these things are common amongst. Like I was saying, I sought out and said, okay, I'm gonna put my pride to the side because my sisters, after meeting them over the years, they've always suggested that I meet my bi biological father. But with the anger I had in my heart, it wouldn't let me. So I eventually put my pride to the side and uh, told my sister under me, Bianca, to go ahead and uh, give him my number. Because the first two times I ever talked to him in life, I cussed him out. 
and hung up the phone. You know what I mean? And that's because, like I said, I hated my heart. So I, I put my pride aside and told her to give him my number and give me a call because I needed to correct some things, um, starting with me. And when I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you that phone call started to peel back layers like an onion and tears were shed and wounds were healed and questions were answered. Oh my goodness. He called me and our first conversation went on for like four to six hours. And if his phone wouldn't have died, it probably would have went longer than that. I cried probably the first 30 minutes because I just let him talk. You know, we got out the, the, the hey, how you doing? You know, we shot the shit and I just let him talk before I started asking questions. And it was like me listening to me. I'm like, this dude is crazy. <laughs> like, he had me laughing because he, he's funny, but he's crazy. Like, I know you serious what you're saying because this is some shit that I would say and I'd be dead serious. But it come off as a joke. Like, it was trippy. And I'm 36 years old, you know, talking to him. So I'm like a kid again. Cause as I lay in the bed as a jit, asking myself these questions, having these thoughts, you know, where I come from and who do I act like? Uh, and only growing up with my mother, I'm getting these answers as a man, thinking I'm a man, but I'm, I'm not because I look back on my actions it's like, yo, a man, a young man who understands himself when go about certain things a certain way. And I did. So I'm listening to him and I'm tripping. Like, wow. Wow. And he was answering questions without me asking, which motivated me to ask him, like, yo, why you didn't why you didn't come look for me? If you heard that you had a son, you know, the people in my mother's family on that and close to my mother's family was telling you you had a son why didn't you come look for me and I end up you know telling him the story of what I was told about him and how I came into this world and he was like nah that's not true at all you want to know the real <laughs> before I share this story with y'all Keep in mind, I prayed to the Most High asking Him, you know, to give me these answers. That's something I always prayed for as a child. And it's it's crazy when He allowed things to happen because He know you're prepared. Because I know if I was a child and I would've found this out, the temperament I had, I wouldn't be here, I'd be in jail or dead. Because I was angry, you know what I mean? very angry and with growing up in a household with really no communication it did not help 
So he told me, he was like, no, I didn't rape your mother. Um, the truth is, your mother was married um, to your sister's dad, and he was stationed overseas, military, um, in Germany. And I had came home, and I was actually engaged to your sisters, my younger sisters, five, my five younger sisters, mother. And I came home, she found out I was home, I was home. We linked up, we did what we did, and that was that. Next thing I know, she was gone to Germany. She's, he's like, next time I heard anything about me having a son, I was called over to your grandmother's house because my biological dad and my mother, they grew up together, next door to each other. They know each other very well. So my grandmother calls him over and she pulls out a picture of a little boy that he describes to a T. He said, I remember the picture like yesterday. You was leaning up against a bookshelf, your legs crossed, you had on white shoes, blue jeans, and a striped sweater with your arms folded. And she said, you know who this is? Now, my, my dad's nickname, Junebug. That's his nickname, Junebug. She said, Junebug, you know who this is? He was like, no. <laughs> he was like, nah, handsome little boy, but I don't know who he is. And she was like, that was, this is your son from Jan. And he was like, that's the first time you ever seen, you know, a picture of him. I said, wow, you know, a whole different story. Okay. But the more and more I talk to him, the more and more I can see the fight amongst myself, you know, because I was like him in so many ways. And I didn't want to be because it made me have failed relationships. It made me angry. It got me labeled as crazy because I never knew who I was nor did I know where I come from as far as what man I came from and it made me start digging in my family history and I looked at his family where you know my grandmother and grandfather were married for I don't know how many years but when I met her because I ended up bit eventually meeting him. I went to Texas and met him uh, at the age of 37. And I met my grandmother for the first time. Uh, beautiful experience. But uh, one thing she said to me is, uh, we don't do outside. And I was like, they don't do outside. She said, no, but we accept you anyway. But I didn't raise my children to have kids out of wedlock. So they grew up, you know, Southern root, very strict. Uh, even though you're raised like that, that's not how the black family is structured. It's hush-hush. Because a lot of men have had their family and another family. They've had multiple women and had multiple kids, two families. And nobody's told anything. And those who are made outside of a 
marriage unit are seem to be outcasted because of that taboo attachment of this kid is out of wedlock. But if we really look at it, that is how the black family is structured. We've all got brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandmothers, grandfathers that come from that type of home or that type of background and nobody talks about it. We learned so much or so little starting in our household. And that's what made me analyze myself and stop pointing the finger and blaming other people. I want to see where my parents failed by not being communicative. And it's not their fault. I place no blame on them because there's no book on how to go about being a parent or, you know, the right way. But as adults, you know, certain situations, they say life is a lesson that we're supposed to learn from. And each day we're given, we're supposed to learn a lesson, good, bad, or indifferent. And engaging in, you know, talks with other people, it's like, that life lesson hasn't been learned, but just repeated and swept under the rug. So much to where you don't even have to lift the rug to see the dirt. You just walk past the rug and the dirt is piled up to where it's elevated the rug. The dirt is exposed and it still would not be addressed. That's my reasoning for creating this platform. Become transparent. And it's all right. It's okay. You can't change that. But what you can do is learn how to communicate. Verbalize the things that we ponder in our thoughts when it comes to us and our family that nobody discusses. My mom made decisions based off the decisions her mother made. So on and so forth. It's a cycle. My grandmother had nine children. I forgot how many different fathers of those nine children. My aunt, two children, two different fathers. My mother, three children, three different fathers. I can go on so on and so forth. That cycle stopped. I see my cousins who have children that repeated that cycle. And I see some of my cousins who did not repeat that cycle, including my brother and my sister. But nobody wants to talk about that. I'm a product of that. Many of you are a product of that. I look back on that and I associate that with how I develop as a man and what I have to go back and fix as a older man because of the things that I lack and did not receive as a child. I wasn't taught how to communicate. I wasn't taught how to express my feelings. I wasn't taught or properly shown how to go about a relationship. 
because even though I was raised in a two-parent home, a lot of things were, a lot of wool was pulled over the eyes. And as a kid, you're oblivious to some things. So when you hear that your parents are getting divorced, you're like, how? When? But as you get older, you start to look back and you start to see like, oh, I did not know I was young-minded. These are telltale signs. And if you look at it, most of the time you're like, divorce? Who cheated? The man. <clears throat> That's not the case for our situation. My stepdad, who married my mother, they were married 17 years. This man was faithful. Do you hear me? That's very rare. <laughs> and I have the utmost respect for him because he was faithful. She was not. And I'm a mama's boy now. So, you're a mother's boy that's been told that you were raped, your mother was raped, bringing you into this world when that's not true. She was just promiscuous because she was young and it's okay. And your mother cheated on a man who was faithful to her for 17 years. Why? I was mad at my mom for a while because those things were associated attached to me and I repeated those things to where I have two failed marriages, no kids, all praises, but I, and I have an abundance of broken relationships, mainly because of it being my fault, not knowing how to communicate. But my mother grew up with no father and a mother with multiple kids by multiple men. She was raised to not ask questions, do what you're told. So I'm pretty sure she had those same thoughts and questions in her head. And her father died young. And I think she only met him once. So I know my mom carried a lot of hurt and pain. She used to display it when she whooped her ass when we were little. <laughs> but I understand it as an adult. My mom wasn't big on communicating. My mom wasn't, you know, very affectionate. She was hard, aggressive, beautiful, but stern. It's like a revolving door. Because she probably feels that she had nobody to talk to. So she just doing the best she know how. But I know it's a lot of people out there that have similar stories and background. And I know this is probably pretty heavy for that first episode, but I want to be transparent. You know what I mean? Because the next thing I want to talk about is childhood trauma and the effects it has in, on, it, on us in adulthood. It plays a major part. A major part. And no excuses, because excuses won't help. Excuses not gonna help at all. And we we are surrounded by broken people who carry the burden 
daily that don't talk and they want to so bad but they scared or they have nobody to open up to not the case not the case of your three cent podcast because I want your three cents on what you heard about my story and my background and I want to hear your story because I'm I've looked in myself I fought myself but that was a healing process because at some point you get tired of being angry or being sad like that gets tiring in itself so it's like okay I'm going to seek out these answers now what you going to do with that information how are you, how are you going to utilize that information I utilize, I utilize that information to understand understand that it's a cycle amongst the black family and once you understand that you can empathize with the decisions people make but one thing that I encourage people to do is before your clock stops communicate with the people that you say you love because love is an action word and that action don't always have to be an act of kindness correction is not correction to me is kindness because if you love me you're kind enough to correct me unless you show me false love to let me continue to be a detriment to myself and you not say anything because you're worried about my response or losing me no love if you really love somebody you're going to tell them what they don't want to hear when they need to hear it so I appreciate your time I appreciate your ear I want to hear your three cents on if you can relate if you have a similar background uh, upbringing or if you have uh, similar things that you heard in this segment that you can associate with your family please let me hear your three cents Shalom.